Hello guys. Thank you so much for joining me today for the first episode of my brand new sparkly podcast. My name is Aranza Sali and I'm happy to finally be moving from talking about starting a podcast to actually doing the thing. Now, I wouldn't blame you if you were listening to this thinking, why am I here? We already have so much podcast content out there in the world. Why would this in particular be compelling to you? I'll start by giving you the reasons why I am here. A couple of months ago, I was in the middle of a mini creative project on Instagram. I was exploring the portrayal of important female figures of fact and fiction, and it was actually going quite well. People were responding positively, my follower counts were going up, and even though that all sounds good, I felt really limited. By having created a very specific structure in which I was allowed to be creative, I felt like people wanted just the work and I was no longer allowed to use my social media to be myself, which was very uncomfortable to me because the project had essentially come from me, my interests, my studies, my own creativity. I eventually decided to stop the project altogether and go back to just using Instagram as a regular person. I lost hundreds of followers in that process, but in the middle of all that, something strange happened. I got a DM request from what I now think was a bot, although I didn't realize this at the moment. And it was just something about trying to collab with some random brand that made no sense to me. Now I replied because I didn't realize that it was a bot. And then I got what I now think are some incredible words of wisdom. The message said, you are smart, full stop, but not that smart, full stop. On another day, I think I would have ignored it and moved on with my life. But for whatever reason, I kept obsessing about how on the ball that message was about me. That's how I feel. I am smart, but not that smart or not as smart as I think people want me to be. See, I've spent a lot of my life taking on these big intellectually challenging projects, but I often end up finding that all the things that I want to do are overwhelming and then I stop. I am a master of giving myself insane goals and I have huge expectations for myself where I constantly feel like people need me to be producing or saying something illuminating as if I possessed this endless well of knowledge in my brain, which of course I don't. But in spite of not being a genius, what I do have is a real passion for learning new things and sharing the knowledge that I have already. So that's why I'm here. I'm excited to hopefully be creating a space where I can do exactly that. And also letting myself and everyone else know that there's no expectation for illumination here. In this podcast, we are smart, but it's okay if we're not that smart. In any case, if by some miracle someone listening to this is not a personal friend or a family member my mom has somehow coerced into supporting the podcast, let me tell you a little bit about myself and the podcast before we jump into the main topic today. To start off with, I am 24. I'm also Mexican. I was born in Mexico City and lived there for 18 years, but now I live in Scotland. This is where I moved when I graduated high school and when I went to uni, and after taking a year back in Mexico when I finished my undergrad, I am back in Scotland again. I love it here. It is a huge part of who I am now, and it will definitely be popping up along the way of our little one-sided conversations because there is tons to say about this incredible place. 
by the way, there's also so much to say about Mexico, and it's also an incredible place. Another thing about me is I studied literature as my undergraduate degree, and I am now halfway through a master's in gender studies. A lot of the topics that I will be doing my best to navigate through are related to that academic background. So we're talking arts, feminism, gender theory, and philosophy, but there are also some things that have nothing to do with what I study, but are central to my life anyway. So I'll be talking about minimalism, family and interpersonal relationships, creativity, communication, with of course some random stuff just sprinkled in there. In my mind, the focus of this podcast is identity and ideology, arrived at through a number of different avenues, but always with that as its core. So if any of that sounds like something you could find yourself spending time listening to and also hopefully enjoying, then we'll probably be great friends. Now, I do want to get into a topic today, even though this episode is just going to be a bit of a random thought, because I've been thinking about this for a while, and it has to do with me starting this podcast in the middle of a pandemic. Also, I've lost people that I can directly rant to because of the pandemic, so I'm now shifting that onto you. More specifically, this episode is about something I've noticed around me and that I myself have experienced recently. Maybe it's just me, but I doubt it, because... Being suspended in this weird nothing-everything time has left me with a huge, heavy need to make something. I think a lot of us have been experiencing the same thing in the last however many months it's been. I mean, just the number of stories I've clicked through on Instagram dedicated to bread making is proof that we've all been in creative mode lately. But what I think is interesting is there seems to be this whole unwritten textbook on why, how, when, and where to create or be a creator. And that's what I want to get into today. The way creating or making things, having projects, sharing thoughts, etc. has become this entirely structured act in society. And what happens if we stick to the rules or if we don't? Now, When I think back to 10 years ago, or even just five years ago, the act of creating content and anyone you didn't personally know finding their way to that content was this sort of untouchable achievement reserved only for a lucky few who would break into mainly artistic industries. But there was no collective understanding about just anyone being able to suddenly start making content through sheer will. Obviously, with a new social media platform popping up every couple of years since then, and more and more forms of content being readily accessible to the majority of the population, creating content is easier than it ever has been. But more than the ease with which we can now make it, I'm interested in the attitudes surrounding content creation, especially the ones that I've observed recently. A couple of weeks ago, I was looking at stories on my Instagram feed while wasting time, and I realized in the last three stories I did click through, which happened to be by three people I used to go to school with, these people had in that moment basically become quote-unquote content creators. One had stories promoting a second account where they would be uploading their photography, one was talking about story and recent news and sharing their hot take, saying things like, You guys have asked me about this, or I thought I would come on here and share my thoughts. And another was sharing a multi-story recipe with a voiceover. The point is, it's instantly made me think how many of our attitudes and how many of us are now acting in a way that used to be reserved for professional content creators, if such a thing really exists. 
By the way, none of these people are influencers or celebrities or anything like that. They're simply responding to this communication shift that we've all been experiencing lately. It made me reflect my own relationship with creativity and the so-called content that I create both on social media and out of social media. And think about how it's changed in recent time. Once you start going down that line, it's honestly shocking how much of our daily behaviors are now determined by the ever-present knowledge that everything we do in our lives could be content creation. I like to think I've always been creative in some way. Mainly, I write. I started writing short stories and long stories and good poetry and really, really, really bad poetry and everything in between when I was a kid, and writing had always been the outlet I found most fulfilling because it felt like if I had something to say, I could write it down and it was just as good as if I had said it. But I haven't felt the creative call of writing, as it were, for a few years now, actually. And as I was thinking this, I realized that because of the gap that writing left, I've been desperately trying to find an outlet or a platform or a project that will let me create something. And this has been going on for years. I've done the whole thing. I took the intensity of when I had been that kid who would write 10,000 word rants on Tumblr in 2011 and transferred it to a WordPress blog. And I've opened and closed more Instagram accounts dedicated to different things that I would necessarily care to publicly admit. But I think the reason why none of those things seem to be the answer to my creativity question is that all of it felt like a call with no response, which takes me to what I think is really interesting about all of this. Going into this topic, my hypothesis was that content used to be acceptable even if it was just there. Generally, people making things would make them for them. That's why you get so many artists saying you shouldn't get into this profession if your aim is fame or success. It needs to be for you. So a couple of years ago, you could write a book or a blog or make a painting or sing or make a video, whatever, with your free time. And for the most part, the process of crafting that is where fulfillment came in. It was a purely individual process, if that makes sense. And there was rare and crucially non-immediate feedback. But now there is a pressure for content to do more than simply be. It's as if everything we create needs to be engaged with, and the like, share, and subscribe culture of the whole thing has really taken over the way we behave as creative individuals, combining content creation with social interaction. Humans, as social animals, gravitate to things that create community. That is just a fact. So my view is we've transformed content creation with our desire to make it an avenue for community, to the point where fulfillment is now placed on that community dynamic existing, rather than on the process of creation. This then being why everyone wants to be a creator now, and to both act and to be reacted to in the way that we do with official creators, even if those interactions are really small. It also makes sense why all this bread baking is happening at a time when everyone is limited in their actual face-to-face -face interactions. It's not just about filling time with something to do, it's about having a community around the action that you've chosen to spend time doing. Anyway, that's what I've been recently thinking about when I should be 
trying to fall asleep. But I wasn't satisfied, so I did some research, and I'm a little bit, like, intense about the things that I keep thinking about. Um, so I actually went to philosophy for this. I started at the basics. I looked into creativity itself, and I quickly noticed it's very frequently talked about as a pillar in what we conceptualize as successful humanity to be. Meaning, if you're creative, that's generally seen as a positive thing, right? Most of the literature and creativity, and I'll talk and I'll put down the primary sources I used in all of the show notes, uh, comes from either antiquity or the Enlightenment, and there's a bit of a gap in between them. It also most often directly connected to art and aestheticism. In terms of big names, Plato believed that being inspired to create was a state of madness that we all must suffer, and Kant linked creativity to imagination and the romantic of con concept of the sublime, which is very interesting and could be a whole episode on its own, but I'm definitely not going to go into detail about that now. Weirdly, not much has been added to the philosophy of creativity since the 1950s. However, there is a general agreement about one thing in the philosophical literature on creativity, and that is that it is some form of overwhelming force, be it madness or inspiration, that takes over the mind regardless of what one does to resist it. Interestingly, other disciplines have had similar conclusions about creativity. Psychology developed a whole theory on creativity based on the work of French mathematician, sorry, I'm about to really butcher this name, Henri Poincaré, where creativity is understood as a series of processes starting in the unconscious and slowly making their way to consciousness, where they are willfully formed into actions. So what do we take from this? I think two things. One, creativity and creating is and has been generally understood as an inherent and foundational element of humanity that we all experience. Two, people being creative is a process that comes from the unconscious, but eventually is responded to in the conscious, and then we make the thing, right? Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. Who is a creator, and what is content? Automatically, I think of painters and writers and musicians, but I know that that is largely influenced by the fact that I grew up when there was no such title as content creator, and the arts were simply the most evident space where creativity manifested. Of course, the notion that it's the only space for creativity is totally false. I know, and I'm sure you know, that creativity exists in every discipline and in every space. So in a way, a creator can be anyone. It's that doctor who made it to the news for making up a song to distract babies when he was vaccinating them, or definitely a teacher that has to come up with an innovative way to teach a class about Tudor history for the hundredth time in their career, right? And every child is a creator in ways that are really amazing. But then, what is content? I think the question is one that depends massively on context. So to me, content is one, something that is created, by someone, and to something that is consumed by someone, sometimes. So content may have been totally different in one historical, historical period or another, and in one cultural circle or another, and in one age group or another, right? Some of the content that Gen C creates maybe is not well received by boomers, but that doesn't mean that is less worthy content. 
What has changed dramatically about content is that while creativity may well have been inherent to people throughout history and around the world, it is not something people could transform from unconscious impulse to conscious act with the ease with which we can do now. We have access to resources and technology and globalized communication networks, education and information that would have seemed science fiction for people from two generations ago. And for us, what is definitely true about content is there's a lot of it. That's why I started saying there's so many podcasts, but maybe I can offer something different. Now, I know that's all a bit floaty, but bear with me. With social media becoming more and more used, we reach this weird stage where life itself has become content. So while you get photography or art or music or makeup accounts on Instagram and people follow them for that thing, the most successful people on every platform are essentially just marketing their everyday lives as the content they create. And from this is where all those weird attitudes that I'm interested start to emerge. So I don't know if this is a common experience or just maybe a weird topic of conversation I was hearing a lot a couple of years ago, but for a while it seemed like everyone in my life was engaging in the is influencing a real job debate. And everyone always had something really nasty to say about it as a whole. The most common complaints that I remember are that it's not work, as in a no labor goes into influencing, that a lot of what you see is fake maybe, and that too large a number of them are freeloading on a bunch of stuff. Now, whatever the reason, there was this whole collective turning up of noses against the idea of influencers or content creators. But then came the change of the title and content creator sounds official, right? It sounds practical. It sounds valuable. I can't know if it was simply the shift in the way that the job was marketed, or if maybe after being exposed to the glamour that seems to follow the lives of many influencers, people who had issued criticism previously started to change their tune, or maybe even started to want a piece of the action. Whatever the reason, though, the narrative really changed. So instead of collective dismissals of those original influencers that I certainly heard and saw around me for a few years, now is one of the most sought-after jobs. The Guardian published this article about the kind of obscure niche topics that some influencers work in, and how even things you'd assume were not interesting to the large majority of people, like taxidermy, gather huge followings on social media platforms. With the option for this to become a paid job, of course, turning our lives into content and being paid to live is something every Gen Z on TikTok wants to succeed in, right? And every millennial wants to succeed in. So in terms of these attitudes I keep talking about without really talking about them, those three friends on Instagram that I talked about previously are the perfect example of how we've adopted content creator behavior into our daily lives, even if we're not actively that as a profession. How many of you create polls on your Instagram stories or answer questions, live for the retweets that you're getting, or join a dancing bandwagon on TikTok, etc., right? It really is a lot of us, and I say us because I'm certainly part of it as well, who use some element of our lives as if it were content to be consumed. 
Something that is connected to this is the idea that if you act like that, so if you say the words, hey guys, on a social media platform, and you're not already a massive influencer, you're seen as a tryhard. So I remember people that I went to school with trying to start YouTube channels in the age of Soella and everyone making fun of them for only having 10 views, right? There's this strange position against people shooting their shot in the influencing game. And if everything around them, the employment opportunity, the freedom of creation, the community attention, the lack of other job opportunities is suggesting that it's definitely worth a try, then why do we act like that? And I'm not sure why it is, but we all participate in sustaining this very narrow space of adequate behavior between trying too hard to be a content creator and not having content or community to engage with. Because we also criticize that person who has no pictures on Instagram or no social media presence. We think, oh, that's weird, right? Whatever one does, it seems, is not good enough. Even extremely successful influencers never escape the issue of whether the way they create content, which of course is essentially the way that they live their lives, is acceptable or not. What I think about all of this is perhaps unwelcome by some and maybe even wrong, but I think the shame is not that people all want to be influencers or content creators. The shame is not that there is a new TikToker or hello podcaster popping up every week. What is a shame is we don't allow for people to explore the avenue of creating content and communities that are right in front of them without being critical about everything that they do. I honestly believe the biggest influencers, if you can even call them that, in my life were just people talking about something they cared about or knew about. And in the moment in which content is now essentially equated to life, we can't demand that only some lives get to be deemed worthy enough to have influence. There is gatekeeping in the world of content creation everywhere you look. And what is strange is even those who are not actively in it participate in keeping those who want to be in it out. The rulebook of content creator attitude says you can't act like an influencer without massive follower counts, but you can't get those without acting like an influencer. When I reflect on all those failed attempts of projects I have started, I think I was actively limiting my own behavior because I never wanted to be one of those people talking into a camera. And so I felt like there could not be an overlap between me and my projects. But that's insane. People are their projects. Their projects are them. And it's not shameful or it isn't a try hard to share the things that you've worked on and learned about and care about with others around you, especially in times when this is the only way that we get to share anything. I think the notion that you shouldn't create if what you want is engagement is perhaps in need of further nuancing, given how much creativity has changed in the age of social media. And honestly, I've started to shush myself whenever I see friends or acquaintances sharing something on their platforms, because everyone's content is worthy of being shared and engaged with. I hope some of what I have said has made you think or feel. I know this was a bit of a weird place to start with, but hopefully it gives you a real sense of how I look at the idea of continuing with this creative project. If you've been waiting for a sign to start something creative, please take this as that sign and go forth. 
I already have a whole first season planned, so I'll give you a teaser of the next three episodes, when I'll be talking about feminism and contraception, why and how I decided to become a minimalist, and an introduction to body liberation movements. This has been Aranza Sally in the Not That Smart podcast. Just a smartish girl talking about smartish things. You can find me on social media at Aranza Ai, that is A R A N T Z A A I on Instagram or wherever else your talking abilities might lead you. Thanks so much for joining me today and catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>